And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Oh, Calvin Klein. Turn yes, right, ready? Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. One, two. <laughs> Turn him around. Turn him around. Pull it or pulling it or not. podcast on the athletic network it's monday may 17th and we are back to hashtag full squad all the time i'm je skeets along with the homie tass mellis what's up everybody hey tassie we got my top shot hot boy trey kirby hey hey yo the international man of mystery taking it to the max lealis friend mm. and last but not least making the magic happen it's jd hello there he is here we are. Shout out to the stream team right now for joining us live on YouTube. Sorry, we're starting a little late. We had a lot of wedgies to put together. We'll get to them in a second. But smash that like button. Leave your comments. And if you haven't already, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. We'd really appreciate it. Email us your questions and comments for this week's new Beach Step and Podcast. Email them in nodunks at theathletic.com. And finally, go grab yourself some sweet No Dunks merch to rep the brand at nodunks.com. Yeah, we're going to get to setting up the playing tournaments here. And the uh, juiciest playoff matchups that we know at least. But first, guys, we entered the weekend with 49 wedgies, one short of that magical number 50, and three away from setting the all-time record. And ladies and gentlemen, we've got them! Kevin Fournier, Aaron Gordon. That was the nucleus of the magic, and that'll be a jump ball, of course. Steve Clifford said something rather interesting. The magic started the season 6-2. and two. No longer tied with Brooklyn, and we, of course, game number 72. You have the wedgie for our friends at the No Dunks podcast, the former starters. Prior to that, the basketball Jones right here from Toronto. They went from basketball Jones to the starters to the No Dunks. and Big Raptor fans. Huge Raptor fans. Shout out to Skeets and Tass. Last time I saw them was in Atlanta. And and our game was, a year yeah. ago before things got shut down. Be perimeter players anyway. And they so are in today's game. They are. You are today, that's for sure. And Bembry leaves it there. And a jump ball is called. That's the second one we've had I know, today. I know. Shout out Skeets and Taz. Yeah. First half. Catch and shoot. Hunter. Oh, we got a wedgie. Come on, Vince. I didn't say nothing. <laughs> I'm just, just trying to think of a rebuttal. <laughs> okay. No pun intended. None. I, I knew that was the word you were looking for. <laughs> Get used to it. Oh, no. I hear it all the time, okay? And you love it. I do. You just don't say it enough. It's great. Lakers, Hort Tucker. 
It's one on five for Taylor. Oh, a wedgie. Oh, wedgie. Well, it wasn't really a wedgie. It just did that for a brief moment. Well, okay, a brief wedgie. <laughs> wow. A wedgie's a wedgie. <laughs> what a way to end the regular season. Five wedgies over the final weekend oh! of this regular season. There it is. You see it at wedgietracker.com. We have hit an all-time record task. We're, of course, still going. We count them in the play-in tournament. We count them in the playoffs. But we're at 54, and uh, beating the all-time record there is uh, pretty special stuff. And, like, Devlin shout-outs and then a hilarious line from Vince Carter. I mean, it was, uh, it was a magical time, Tess. It's truly unbelievable. This just has not happened ever. And to do it with such a bang at the end of the season, I just wish... On the same weekend as the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, somebody somebody just got up there with a backboard and a ball stuck in between the rim and the backboard and just held it up <laughs> up there as a speech. Why the heck not? This is history. Put it in the wing. This is the a, a big, big moment. Yeah, to do it with five, it's it left me speechless. Like, if somebody was going to do a speech, all he had to do was just hold up the backboard. And everybody knows it. Wow. Everybody around the league, wedgie, giggles, rebuttal. Did Vince do that on purpose? I don't know. But it felt like it did. Oh, it yeah. felt like he did. Yeah. Good I, stuff. I knew Good that stuff. was the word you were going to say. <laughs> yes. I knew that was the it. word. Uh, yeah. Man, what a day. Feels like Mark McGuire in 1998 chasing down Roger Maris. 61. <laughs> took forever. And then he just blew past it. Right. Ended up with 70 home runs we might be going for 60 wedgies here once the playoffs is going especially if we have another four wedgie day that was insane yesterday the way they just kept getting stuck 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 two wedgies from two deandres unprecedented stuff lee i have a theory we all saw each other this weekend for the uh-huh. first time in a long time. <laughs> yeah. No dunks boys actually looking each other in the eye in the human flesh <laughs> in a backyard setting you know having a brew and I think just us coming together got us these, uh, you know, this unbelievable run here to get us over the, uh, that magic mark of 50. And then, as I said, to set the all-time record now uh, at 54 and counting. Every wedgie we get now is a record. This is amazing. Mm. What do you the think of that theory? Gods, the wedgie gods must have been there at the barbecue That's there in Chris's so. house and just said, you know what? These guys are having a great time. Let's give them more, as many wedgies as right. they can possibly right. have here. And uh, what a fantastic weekend just to uh, really wrap it up there. And they just came in yesterday. Wow. One after the other, after the other. few shout-outs. I like the fact as well that uh, uh, Stu Lance and Bill McDonald, they were questioning whether or not it was a legit wedgie. doesn't matter how long it lasts. Right. A wedgie is a wedgie. So uh, great job there from the guys. And uh, shout-out to everybody that was tweeting at us uh, and, you know, messaging us on Instagram. Like, yeah, you guys were going nuts. Like, people were excited, uh, especially as they start coming. Like, the two in one game, I mean, that that is pretty rare. Tass, I don't have the numbers in front of me. It's happened before, I think, but not that out. Very often. rare. Yeah. Very, very Maybe a rare. handful of times, so. And we had, and had, I mean, it might have sa- it saved the Raptors season, I think, actually. A season <laughs> from hell, a nightmare season, was saved completely this last game because we got two edgies and uh, Matt Devlin, he, he loves nothing more than giving a Tass and Skeet shout-out, man. Mm, we yeah. love that guy. What a guy. All right. <laughs> Yeah, now he's dropping the lineage too. I think he's following Lamar Hurd's lead because mm. Lamar Hurd has been doing the lineage. Then he dropped it. Every single name that we've had soon, it'll he'll drop in the free agents as well. Oh, that wow. Brief <laughs> name that we had there. But yeah, I, you know, you talk about the, the, the barbecue boys, but also uh, fitting that the record is set by a Toronto Raptor. Why the heck not? Right, you know, big. Comes, comes all the way around. And uh, for me personally, uh, I had some... Some reservations with with the wedgie number getting up to where it was because uh, Lee mentioned that quick one in Los Angeles. It was a wedgie. 
earlier on this season, we had one that was after the whistle that landed in between the rim and the backboard, and then it slipped out. Should we count that? And, but we did, because basically because the broadcaster said it's a wedgie. Yeah. So, you know, I had my reservations, and then bang, 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 bang. I mean, it's, oh. uh, they squashed that this week, and the NBA squashed it. I mean, so now the goal is 60, right, Lee? Or is it 69? Yeah. What do you want? <laughs> Let's not get too sexy. I think okay. uh, 69 is a little bit out of reach, but 60 is definitely in play now. I okay. mean, uh, we've got the play-in games, and then we go straight into the playoffs. Uh, I think 60 is definitely on the table this season for okay. sure. Okay. Yeah, the all-time record in the playoffs is six. Oh, uh, so, okay. So we'd have to we'd have to get playoffs. that. Hey, maybe squeeze one in the play-in tournament. Yeah, too. it'd be nice if we get one or two here uh, <laughs> over this week before we actually get to the real playoffs <laughs> on Saturday. Well, let's get into all that. Uh, you know, we just spent ten minutes talking about wedgies, <laughs> but that's what we do here. Uh, okay, so JD, if you want to help me out there, you can put up the playoffs bracket. We know the play-in games, of course, uh, and it's going to be on Tuesday. There's no games on tonight, but on Tuesday, we have the number ten Hornets at the number nine Pacers. That one's a 6.30 p.m. Eastern start on TNT. Followed by the Wizards, who are the number eight seed. Got all the way up to eighth. They're in Boston to take on the number seven seed Celtics. That one is at 9 p.m. Eastern. And the West playing games are the number 10 Spurs against the number nine Grizzlies. And then the number eight Warriors against the number seven Lakers. Those two Western Conference games on Wednesday. So, play-in or playoffs. You can go wherever you want because we, of course, know some of the matchups there in the actual playoffs, which start on Saturday. What's the spiciest matchup? And we're going to start in the Eastern Conference, Lee. I'll, I'll, I'll get this out of the way. We're not making predictions on today's show mm-hmm. here because we, of course, have all week. We still have to figure out some of the uh, actual playoff matchups in terms of who gets in from the play-in tournament. So we'll get to all that as the week goes on. But, yeah, now that we know, especially the play-in games and that, you know, what's the spiciest? Like, for whatever reason that you have your eye on in the Eastern Conference, go have at it. I'm looking forward to Bucks Heat round two. Uh, a real chance at redemption here for Milwaukee after what happened, uh, especially last season, to see what they've learned from their last two trips to the playoffs. Because, of course, they led the Raptors a couple of years ago, up 2-0 in that series and lost in six games. And then last season, we all know what happened down there in the bubble. They got humiliated in the uh, most ungentlemanly of gentlemen sweeps by the Heat in the second round. Uh, I think some factors were at play. The neutral venue down there meant that the Bucks lost you know, real home court advantage. And they also never really got going in the bubble at any time, even though they beat the, yeah. uh, the Magic in the first round. They weren't convincing in that series. And then Jimmy Butler really just destroyed them on the court. And Milwaukee just never able to get back in. I know Giannis missed the game there at the end. They did win at game, uh, game four, but that was kind of like, yeah, they weren't really getting back into the series. So now this season, the Bucks do have real home court advantage. The first two games there will be in Milwaukee. I think they're a much better team with the additions of Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker. I mean, that's why they brought these guys in. Veterans, experienced, good defenders. And they hope that Drew Holiday is going to be better than Eric Bledsoe's been for them in the playoffs. And I think that was the right gamble to take. And the Bucks as well could have... Could have tried to be a little bit sneaky here by losing to Miami on Saturday. They didn't, though, and I like that. I like the fact that they went out there and beat them, knowing they're probably going to face them. Jimmy Butler didn't play, but he didn't play against the Bucs at all this season in the three games. So, look, I think the Heat like this matchup. I think the Bucs like this matchup. I think it's going to be a grind. You can make a strong case for both teams. But I just think this one is going to be a real tough series, which I think is great for Milwaukee because if they get past it, you know, their path through here is going to be tough no matter who they play. And I I like them going up against uh, a team that caused them a lot of uh, heartache last season. So I think it's going to be really, really uh, fascinating for them just to see 
Is Milwaukee a different team than it has been the last two seasons in the playoffs? A lot of pressure on Coach Budenholzer here as well. This could be this could be it for him if they lose in this first round. So uh, I think this one's got so much at stake, so much at play. And for a first-round series, I think that's perfect. Okay. What do you think, Tass? you agree with that? I mean, I think we probably all agree that's going to be a great matchup. Is there another one, though, you're like, ooh, I think this might be even juicier in the East? Well, I'll just mention, uh, just talk about that. Uh, that series for sure uh, is is probably got the biggest uh, spotlight on it with Giannis going up against his old team. For me, I want Giannis to make quicker decisions. You know, he's he's a he's a guard slash big man, but he kind of gets into the lane and sort of you know takes his time making those decisions. He's got to swing that thing. That wall is going to be there against this Heat defense. They are playing so well right now. They're just playing so, so good. They're ready to take it up another level like they did in the bubble. I saw assistant coach Karam Butler of the Miami Heat uh, Instagram something like new goals require new habits. Well, these boys are bringing out the new habits. I mean, they're, they're <laughs> ready They're ready to, to, to shut down Giannis again. So is Giannis going to pass? He's going to move that thing. And it's up to Drew Holiday and Mike Budenholzer, who, yes, his job is definitely on the line if they lose this first-round series. Uh, and, and they do have home court advantage. The, the Bucs uh, mentioned that going through the bubble last year, that they didn't have it. They have one of the highest capacities right now in their, in their arena, in Pfizer Forum. So it's not only they get to play at home, but I think they have 45%, uh, if, I, if I'm correct. It might be as high as 50% available. even, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, so, you're right. It is definitely one of the, the largest home. Yeah, you're right. It is. 50. Yeah. I saw these numbers, so many numbers, but uh, so many wedgies, so many percentages. <laughs> but they have they have no excuse. Uh, but the Heat are going to be ready. That's the worrisome part uh, for them. So uh, I just want I just want Giannis to when he gets into that lane, no more waiting, no more. Am I going to the hook? Am I going to the push? Am I just, move it. And it's up to Drew to, to drop 20 to 25 a game. And I think he can. Oh, yeah, massive Drew Holiday series, yeah. especially because you think he'll probably be on Jimmy Butler for a lot of this, at least when things get serious between uh, the Bucks and Heat. Drew Holiday is a guy who's got a playoff reputation built on dominating uh, one series, basically, right? That series against the, the Blazers years ago when he was just too big for Damian Lillard and just overwhelmed him with his size and skill and just kind of being everywhere with his physicality. Jimmy Butler's a super physical player as well, so that'll be fun to see those two guys going up against each other is the addition of Drew Holiday, P.J. Tucker, and I guess Bobby Portis. Is that enough to change your mind about the Milwaukee Bucks? We're going to find out pretty quickly here because this is going to be an upset special kind of pick. There's going to be a lot of people on the heat considering yeah. the way things went last year. Uh, I don't know. There's less pressure on the Bucks now than there has been the past three seasons. Maybe that's good for them. Yeah. As for the play-in games in the Eastern Conference, I know the, the West games definitely are going to get more of the spotlight, and we're going to get to those in a second. But of these two, um, who do you have the most faith in, Lee, to come out of it? Or which one are you excited about? Do you care at all about the Hornets Pacers one? Like, <laughs> well, What do you think? Uh, well, that's definitely the uh, the lowest uh, lowest uh, uh, interest for me there. I mean, the Wizards. The real factor for the Wizards is how healthy is Bradley Beal and that hamstring. Didn't look all that good on the weekend. No, in, in given no. it, he played like thirty five minutes, but he looked yeah. hampered. Yeah, yeah. You guys shot like a bunch of Kent Bazemore's out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shot badly, but uh, I'm not sure if they they were trying to play him to see if he could win the scoring title or if they just wanted to see if he could get through a game. So we'll find out here uh, because he hasn't got much time before that game starts. So at least with the Wizards, they. They can potentially lose that game and still get through because, of course, the loser 
of seven and eight plays the winner of nine and ten. I think Look the Hornets. At this guy, he's figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Hornets, uh, and I hope the Hornets get past the paces because uh, I would like to see the Hornets go further this season. Uh, you know, they've been a great story, and I'd like to see them do well. So, I, I think the Celtics are vulnerable. But again, with given that Bradley Beal is injured, maybe they can just sort of squeeze past the Wizards in that one game, then they're through to the playoffs. So they, yeah. they get a series at least. But uh, yeah, none of them are, are super sexy. I don't think <laughs> as anywhere near as sexy as the Western Conference because we've got a couple of real big heavyweights going at it. But uh, I would like to see uh, the Wizards and the Hornets get through. I just think uh, everything the Wizards have done in this last month or so, it'd be great to see them get in and potentially see a, a Wizards-Nets first round. And then uh, Hornets and uh, and the Sixers would be fun as well because uh, it's just much more fun watching the Charlotte Hornets. What yeah. about your next, Lee? They got a home court series in Madison Square yeah, that's Garden. Yes, yeah, that's awesome. huge. That's we, huge. We can't skip that series. Can't skip. I, Skeets, I know you said that that had the potential of being on NBA TV no, and not I, buying well, it. Well, I, not I, buying I, I was, it. No, I was National questioning. I was confused networks. because, like, usually if the Hawks are involved, it's going to be an N- NBA TV sort of matchup. But then I said, oh, this is interesting, though. It's the Knicks, obviously a huge market. I don't really know what they do with it. I, I don't think they've released that full schedule yet, have they, in terms of so. the I think they're but... waiting to see what happens. You know, if you got a Russie in there, maybe if you get the Wizards in there, maybe that changes the, yeah. the dynamic. Uh, but if, like Lee said, I mean, I think most people are sort of cheering for Charlotte over the Pacers. No offense to the Pacers, but that would likely be an NBA TV series. Maybe Charlotte changes that mm. equation. But I, I, yeah, I'm pumped about Knicks Hawks in general, just especially because both teams are sort of evenly matched in that they've got like zero playoff experience. Yeah. I mean, Derrick Rose comes in for the Knicks as their guy. Clint Capella is the only one of the top five scorers <laughs> on the Hawks that has any playoff experience so it's youngins and how do you handle randall uh that he's had he had 40 44 and 28 against the hawks this season then that's not a good matchup for them at all with the the john collins maybe clint capella moves over but that's yeah i'm I'm looking forward to who steps up there oh it should be a great series no doubt i mean we were hoping for it the last couple weeks we're Mm -hmm. like i hope that one stays four five uh it'll be wild to think though tk that like either the knicks or or hawks are going to be through to the second round and either uh Giannis in the bucks or jimmy in the heat will not they are going to be done somewhat early or disappointingly early. It's just the way it all matched up in the end. But like you said too, Lily, there was the option for Milwaukee to get a little uh, little Clippers-like if you want mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and maybe try and dodge an opponent here and there. And, they, and they, choose, they chose really not to, which maybe could backfire in their face or maybe it doesn't. Maybe you got to exercise those demons, TK, early or try to. Turn on the pit bull. It's going down in the playoffs. I can't wait. We've got spicy matchups literally from the start here. Like you're saying, Knicks Hawks, that's going to be a fun series. It's a real contrast in styles. The the Hawks are a top 10 offense, a bottom 10 defense. The exact opposite for the Knicks, a top 10 defense, a bottom 10 offense. They both play really slow. I kind of think that the Knicks should have to wear their gigantic baggy 90s jerseys, get the spread wing Hawks out there, go full on throwback series here because these could be some ugly games it'll be interesting to see how trey young does if he's not getting those you know kind of stop and pop foul calls things change in the playoffs be interesting to see if randall is getting calls as well uh do the knicks have another gear in the playoffs we've seen a lot of times a tom thibodeau team competes super hard during the regular season they play every possession like it's a game seven but then when you get to the playoffs you got to keep doing that and do you have another gear we shall see. I can't wait for this one. I still am a little up in the air on who I'm going to go with mm. uh, between the Knicks and the Hawks once we actually get to making picks because these are well-balanced teams mm. in sizable markets. And yeah, Skeets, uh, are they going to be the NBA TV series? I doubt it. Basically just waiting to see 
hey, uh, Pacers, are you going to be in the real playoffs here? Because <laughs> guaranteed yeah. that is the NBA yeah. TV series. It, it would be. And it may not yeah. even matter if it's the Hornets, yeah. I think. if it's, I think Sixers-Hornets yeah. could still be an NBA TV series, too. Uh, especially just being a 1-8-2, and most people would have Philly like taking care of business there, no matter who they're playing. I'll say this now, just so everybody knows, too. Like On tomorrow's show, we are going to preview and predict the play-in tournament games for the Eastern Conference because they go down on Tuesday nights. We'll do that on tomorrow's show. Then on Wednesday, we'll obviously react to those games and then do the same for the Western Conference play-in games that will happen that night. And then later in the week, on Thursday and Friday, we're going to make those sort of like late-night affairs, late-night games where we're reacting to the games, the final play-in games to decide the final teams to get in and then preview the actual playoffs there. Go through four series on one of those nights on Thursday night and go through the other four series on the Friday night and make our predictions and break it all down and talk about the X factors and all that. Those are always a blast. Those shows, I think uh, where we get into the debates about who's going to win the series. So that's sort of what we're looking at here for the week. Just so everybody knows, but no doubt this is going to come up when we're making our picks, but a great question. We got to ask it from Max sure. on the stream team. Will Lee be rooting for Atlanta, his current home team or his Knicks. <laughs> Lee, both. deep in the pocket of big Knicks for a while there. Yeah. This is going to be tearing you apart, mate. Yeah. You know what, though? I think I'm going to go down to a game down at the Fortress. Wow. Playoff game against the Knicks. Yeah. I think I'm going to be okay. I'm going to, I'm going to mask up, even though fully vaxxed and everything, and I'm going to distance. But I think I think that playoff atmosphere, because we, got, uh, we know that uh, Hawks basketball isn't a great atmosphere for a lot of the teams they play against because it very rarely gets full. Now, I'm not sure what their capacity is, but anytime the Knicks or the Lakers are in town, they're always fun games, fun atmosphere. Yeah. So we're going to get a minimum of two down here at the Fortress, maybe three. Uh, I'm going to go down to one. I think I feel... I feel okay with the situation right now that it'd be okay to go to a game. But so who are that's you trading for, for when you're in attendance? Is the question. <laughs> yeah, are you yeah, gonna yeah, have yeah, a yeah. Well, you know I'm gonna, uh, you know on. I'm gonna have my Threesers shirt on, my uh, Kyle Corver shirt on for sure. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't think I have any Knicks. Uh, oh, I've a got John the, uh, Starks I've jersey. Got the right? John Starks jersey. Yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll have both of them. I'll have everyone can hate me and boo me, no matter what <laughs> happens down there. So uh, I'm that guy. No one wants that guy. Like, uh, who are you supporting, man? Pick a side. Pick a team. I'm like, nah, I can't. Nah, he can't lose this way. I just love basketball. (laughs) Can't lose. You can't win. Uh, So uh, it's going to be fun anyway. I'm just excited to have uh, playoff basketball back here in Atlanta. Yeah, they've got a high capacity there. 45%. That's pretty high. Wow. So so you think, like, I think, well, that's a playoff atmosphere because... In comparison to everything else, it's Probably. rocking the house. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to this question here from Emil Nate. Trey brought it up a little bit earlier, talking <laughs> Pitbull. Emil Nate says, I don't mind ESPN bringing back, it's going down, I'm yelling, playoffs for Pitbull. <laughs> uh, I, what is the song going to be? Yeah, what are we going to hear for the next two-plus months? Can't wait to find out. It's, it's going to be soon. Uh I don't know if the Hawks want fans in the, in attendance, actually. Don't they have, like, an incredible home record right now? And I'm, like, convinced yeah. a part of it has to do with, uh, <laughs> you know, not having full capacity and not having a lot of the other fans' teams in, a, mm. uh, in, a, in attendance. Maybe it's actually helping them. They have, like, an unbelievable home record over the last, like, 20 games or something. Like, they've lost, like, two games. Yeah, uh, they're 18-2. and two. Yeah, Fans like Lee, you know, who might just yeah. pull out the Knicks jersey. That's what I mean. So yeah, I mean, exactly. this is good. Yeah. Like, just don't don't let any more people in. Don't let people like Lee in. Uh, <laughs> is what I'm getting at here. Okay, well we'll see. Uh, but we are excited about that that series, and I'm with you, Trey. I keep going back and forth on who's going to take that. I, I do think it's going to be a seven game series. Um, but the Knicks getting home court advantage might be enough to sort of like sure. lean me towards picking them. But we'll get to that later in the week. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Okay, let's go to the Western Conference. Thank you, JD, throwing that back up there. So same question for this. You can go in with the play-in games or just the the matchups we know between the Clippers and Mavs and then Nuggets or Blazers. Uh, Spiciest matchup. So Trey, get us started. Where are you going? Easy one, Skeetsaroo. The spiciest <laughs> matchup. It's Silver's Delight. Are you kidding? Lakers versus Warriors. LeBron versus Steph in the play-in tournament. The seven and eight seeds. We've talked about it before. Having either of those teams in the nine or ten spot would have had the league shaking in their boots. But now you've got LeBron and Steph in game one. A guarantee of one of them in the second game after the loss. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a hot take. Is this play-in game the single biggest game in the league since game seven, 2016? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. A one-game uh, winner-take-all sort yeah. of scenario? I would say I would say no because the loser still gets a second chance. Yeah, that's my only... True. Yeah, yeah. 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 If it was... Uh, even though yeah, go ahead. It's, the way it looks, it looks like they'll both get through anyway, I think you would probably pick whoever probably, loses yeah. to beat the winner of that uh, Grizzlies-Spurs game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if it was, okay, loser's done... And winners in, then I you might have a case there, TK. You might have something to uh, to go on. But either way, it's the perfect scenario for the league because it's like you, you you're going to have this massive clash for the for the victory, and then the loser, the compensation is or uh, the consolation prize is you can still go through. So uh, this is fantastic. This is great playing tournament stuff. This is this is what Adam Silver wants. He wants that excitement down there, and the East not as exciting, but the West is absolutely uh, the perfect setup. Because we should get some really, really good games. And then whoever does go through, you know, when you look at the top of the standings who they're facing, that's going to be a little bit uh, nervous for both of those teams. <laughs> that's why it's so too. spicy. Because, so I, I mean, so. either team that wins, that gets the seven seed here, especially if it's the, the Lakers, they would be going up then against the Suns. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the Lakers at their best look like the best team in the yeah. league. That has been a long time since then. But I mean, if the Lakers end up in that seven spot, Suns versus Lakers becomes the spiciest first-round matchup because you're thinking, wow, the Suns are finally back in the playoffs after a decade. Now they got to try and beat LeBron right. in a seven-game yeah. series. Woo! Got some spice right there. Obviously, the Lakers could fall to eighth as well, or the Warriors could get eight. And I don't know. I mean, the Jazz have had one of their best regular seasons in franchise history. Now you got to beat Steph Curry in a seven-game right. series. I think uh, the Jazz would likely still be favored there, but... I don't know. I mean, it's going to be tough to pick against Steph Curry in a seven-gamer. So, yeah, this set up perfectly for the league to have uh, two monster superstars in the seven and eight game going against a couple of teams who we have questions about in the playoffs heading in anyways. Exciting, exciting stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. and we're helped out by LeBron making it even spicier, in my opinion. 
you know, a lot of like uh, praise for Steph Curry as he uh, gets ready to take on this guy. I mean, Curry went for 46 in 40 minutes in uh, in a big win against the Grizzlies because that was going to decide who was going to be this uh, the eighth seed and uh, at least get two cracks at actually making the thing. So the Warriors pull out the victory. But LeBron said this, Tass. I mean, just look at what he's done this year, talking about Curry. I don't know anything else if you're looking for an MVP. If Steph is not on Golden State's team, what are we looking at? We get caught up in the record sometimes. We get caught up in the, okay, who has the best record? Instead of just saying, who had the best season that year? And Steph has had, in my opinion, the best season all year. What is LeBron doing here? What are these mind games <laughs> LBJ's doing, Tass? Like, they're about to play on Wednesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern start there, Lily. Hope you get a couple of your uh, you know, coffees that take you eight hours to make in you <laughs> for that one. But... I mean, am, am I, uh, you know, you're going to see obviously all the, the debate shows going nuts with this praise from LeBron. Uh, you know, is it mind games? Does he just obviously likes a fan of Steph Curry and uh, truthfully believes he should be MVP? What, what's your take on these very glowing remarks, Tess? Uh, I don't think LeBron's really playing mind games here. He's got a double elimination. That, that's the way I figured it out. You don't even, I just like saying double elimination. Now I know a team has to lose two games. I don't have to think bracket, 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 but that's an aside. Uh, LeBron, uh, I think it's he's just part of this chorus that's praising Steph Curry this season. Damian Lillard continuously calls him the best shooter ever. Damian Lillard hated being compared to Steph Curry earlier in his career, but now he's just saying Steph is the best shooter ever. And I think LeBron is just respecting him too. I think everybody who just uh, you know uh, casts aside and dismisses the Warriors forgets that they're six games above 500. They're 39 and 33, and just, the, the people who just say, "Oh, they're eighth in the West," that stinks. Uh, they're they're far far above 500 now, and, mm-hmm. and that's all because of Steph. He wins the scoring title at 32 points per game, at a nice flat 32.0. Thank you. The high, the highest, yeah, very, very good for everybody. The highest point total uh, for, as the oldest guy ever. I mean, he's, he's scored the most points as the oldest guy ever in the NBA for a season. More than Jordan did at, at that age. So that's uh, that's just mad <laughs> That is weird. There. I think the problem with that is Steph Curry still looks like he's 18 yeah. to me. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. eh, okay, I'm like not that impressed for some reason about it. But you're right. That is wild. Yeah, join in, what is it, Kareem, Wilt, and Jordan, Jordan as yeah. the only guys to do multiple MVPs, multiple scoring titles, and multiple championships. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Or is it multiple finals MVP? Either way, I think it's just LeBron just giving him respect. I don't, I don't think he's messing around. I don't think he has to. I think he Are you sure? Better. This is LeBron James we're talking about here. Like, he's really, I think, already, like, leaning into, like, hey, watch watch what I'm about to do now. Now I'm the seventh seed. Now I'm going against that, what I think should be the MVP, first off. He wants to make that clear. I'm gonna, I'm, we're gonna beat him on Wednesday night, so uh, that'll be a nice thing for me. This is what he's doing here, and then you know, the, the Rockets are the only team to be the, uh, a six-seed or lower, of course, to be the six-seed they were in 95, uh, Lily, to, to go and win a championship. So LeBron's about to try and do something that no one's ever done and be a seven-seed. First off, be in this play-in tournament and go in and win a title, but then be the seven-seed and do it. Uh, I, think, I think this is all a part of just his... He just does this all the time. He mm-hmm. points out the... Not the obvious, but like, hey... I'm about to climb the, that mountain over there is the biggest mountain in the world, but I'm going to go climb it. So like, he just has to let you know though, that this is, these are the odds. So just get ready. I, I think he, I think he's slightly doing exactly what he always does in my opinion. Yeah, of course he is. He knows exactly how to work the media. He knows yeah. what people are going to be talking about. And he's at that stage of his career where he loves the mind games. You're the best. You're the favorite. You guys should win. We, we're nobody. 
we're in the playing time. We can't win the championship, but everybody knows if they are healthy, fully healthy, then they, they are probably favourites still to win the whole thing. And if he was to do it from coming from the playing tournament to then, you know, be the number seven seed, he of course would not have home court against anybody at any point in the series or all the playoffs. But that won't matter for him. He knows he can win on the road. He can beat all these teams. And everybody knows that just the, the, the weight that LeBron carries when he's in the playoffs and he can step it up a gear, even if he loses that first game of a playoff series, he's still LeBron James. He's done it before. And uh, the ankle, of course, this is the, the most significant injury he's had of his career. So he, he is p- probably coming in, not 100%. But Oh, he's let us know just, that too. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I was playing fine. my best basketball of my <laughs> career until point. a grown man <laughs> dove for a loose ball. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I wrote that line for LeBron. A grown uh, man dove for a loose ball. This is, this is what playoff experience is all about, though. Like, he's been there. He knows that it, it's it's like Roger Federer used to say. I, I love tennis, of course. And Roger Federer used to say in the first, second round of uh, tournaments, he would win a set just because the other guy would be so intimidated of who he's facing. And that's what I think LeBron can, uh, can walk into the playoffs right. with. He's like... I've been here forever. I've won four, you know, I've been there, what, 10, 10, 10 times he's been to the finals. His place is confirmed in NBA law. And now it's like, you have to defeat me. I'm not going to go out uh, easily. You have to beat me. And he's been beaten. He has been beaten. But we just know that uh, this is one of his strongest teams, again, when fully healthy with Anthony Davis playing at uh, the level he can play at. The other thing, Trey, to look at with these comments from LeBron, I see the stream team pointing it out. Is this just LeBron recruiting Steph Curry even more? <laughs> <laughs> we laugh, but uh, is he is he thinking like you know he's playing chess a lot of the time? He's thinking ten steps ahead. But what, what do you think? Him during the All Star yeah, game, that's what right? I mean. yeah. yeah, exactly right. He's either recruiting or he's legacy building. Yeah. It's got to be one of those two. I like what Greg here is saying in the stream team. When you're the best. You have to create problems for yourself. Lewis Hamilton is the oh, same. Vroom, vroom. Always complaining while winning. Yeah, this is like uh, every single race, Lewis Hamilton, about 20 laps in. Oh, my tires are going. Don't know if I'm going to be able to do this one. <laughs> Takes home the championship every single time. Yeah. yeah. Great stuff for Greg. There's no doubt he loves playing on the road. He loves the challenge of, yeah, it's freaking year 18 for him. So, yeah, he definitely needs things to spice it up. It's interesting to see on the other side when Steph's asked about uh, do you think the NBA wants LeBron versus Steph in the first round? The other Steph on the other side doesn't say a peep. He literally was asked that mm-hmm. at a press conference. He just nodded for 15 seconds. He didn't say a word. It was just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He just he doesn't want to feed it. He doesn't want to feed the beast. He wants to come out there and be quiet. I kind of want them to lose and then and then be the eight seed because as Trey was bringing up, uh, the Lakers just beat the Suns. Without LeBron and the and the Warriors just beat the Jazz and so that's uh, that feeds into the storyline right there. That that would be that would be great. They're beatable, you know. And LeBron, yeah, he yeah. could be. The, here's the storyline, man. You're the first guy to ever win the championship if you made from the play-in tournament. Like that's that's it. That's That'd a nice crazy. little storyline. No, I mean, yeah. Look, he keeps telling us that last year's title was the uh, you know maybe the most impressive of his career. I guess he says also coming back against the the. The Warriors down 3-1 when he was with Cleveland. Pretty damn impressive, too, against the, the mighty Warriors. But this one, Lee, truly would, I think. Like, if you are on the road every single series as a seventh seed and you went on to win another title. Wow. Uh, especially against some of these amazing teams in the Western Conference. And then maybe it is the Nets or the box or the Sixers in the finals. Holy crap. If he pulls that off, which he obviously could do uh, because they are a good team. They're the best defense in the league. And then you got LeBron and AD who, when they're healthy, are what? Two top... Seven players in the league, yeah. maybe even higher. Uh, depends where you want to obviously slot AD in there. So they're going to be a yeah, tough matchup. Go ahead. 
I mean, the 73 and 9 Warriors, you know, they came back the first time from 3 1 yeah, down. That was they got pretty amazing. Smoked <laughs> in those first two games. I, I mean, obviously, the Cavs were, uh, I don't know if they were one or two seed in the Eastern Conference, but. That that's still going to be tough, I think, to beat that because they they were dead in the water. Now, obviously, Draymond Green gets suspended. Andrew Bogut uh, Andrew Bogut gets injured as well, so there are other factors there. But I'm not prepared to put this one above that one just yet until we see how it plays out. Maybe if he has to win, you know, four game sevens on the road or something like that, perhaps. But uh, I'm keeping 2016 as his best one so far. Okay. Trey, what do you think about the Clippers' uh, moves this weekend? Leaning in to the old tankathon, a little late tankathon there to avoid, to some extent, uh, the Lakers' side of the bracket there, or at least a first round matchup with them. Um, and they got their way. Now they get the Mavericks in a rematch uh, in the uh, 4 5, and we get Denver, Portland, 3 6. Uh, both, I think, going to be great series. They look like it on paper. Um, but what do you think of the Clippers? You know, again, decisions here to, like, rest guys and avoid the Lakers. That's what they did. There's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. sure. Why not? Uh, I think it's fine. Uh, you know, there were some scary moments for the Clippers against the Mavericks last year. Obviously, Luka Doncic hit a game winner. But all things considered, the Clippers handled that series pretty easily over the course uh, of the games. Um, I assume that will be the case, and that's probably what they're thinking heading in, especially considering, you know, poor Zingas isn't at his healthiest. He's not coming through the season with a clean bill of health, uh, no surprise. But uh, I also wouldn't want to play the Lakers early either. I would want to do my best to completely avoid them, especially considering the, what LeBron has been saying with regards to his ankle. We know Anthony Davis goes back to the locker room every other game almost. Uh, usually he returns, but sometimes he doesn't. So yeah, the more chances the Clippers have to not play the Lakers, <laughs> I would be doing the exact same thing. You want it easy, man. You got to beat some good teams, but... The fewer good teams you have to beat, the easier it's going to be. Smart move by the Clips. Oh, man. What if the Lakers, though, in return, yeah. Tass, throw the 7-8th game? <laughs> they literally sit LeBron. That would be amazing. <laughs> Wednesday night, LeBron's not playing. Eight you're not playing. We're going to give the Warriors the 7th seed, and we like our chances to beat either them, the Grizzlies or Spurs in one game, to then be the 8th seed, take on the Jazz. Okay, of course, you've got to get by them. And Utah, by the way, flying under the radar, and a lot of people, I think, are like, ah, they haven't been that great all, uh, you know, lately. Well, they haven't been playing like they're basically their entire backcourt in Conley and Mitchell. They've been out for a good chunk. But anyway, beat Utah, let's say you do the Lakers, and then you, of course, maybe get the Clippers in the second round. That's, that's, that's what LeBron should do here. Go in as that's, the eighth seed, not the seventh seed. Yeah, that's the king's gambit right there. Then he'd be playing chess right there. Everybody else playing checkers. Do it, LeBron. Uh, actually, you know, Steph is one of the best players of this generation. I don't think I can beat him. I'm going to sit down and play the uh, and play my card. Play, go beat the beat, beat a young John Morant or beat a young Keldon Johnson yeah. or the, in the nine ten game. Yeah, I I don't know about this this waiting to see play the Lakers later on. Play him now. LeBron's mm. not super healthy. Uh, Anthony Davis, is, as Trey said, he's not super healthy. Mm. You go get him. Right. Uh, but I don't know if the Clippers can just say, oh, we're just going to sit, guys. I mean, they, they're the favorites against the Dallas Mavericks, no doubt. But I am looking forward to it. Uh, maybe there's two NBA TV series in the Eastern Conference and zero in the Western right. Conference. Because right. all these series, when they come, when it comes down to it, they're awesome. Yeah. Um, and just like before we move on here, Lily, the Nuggets Blazers. I mean, I think that is another tough one that I'm struggling right now uh, here on Monday morning to be like, oh, I don't know who who I'm leaning towards in this one. Uh, you know, losing Jamal Murray was was huge, but the Nuggets mm. continued to play well. And you got Jokic, uh, you got the MVP, who's been awesome, uh, even better at times in playoff series. 
But then the Blazers have started playing, uh, you know, their best basketball at the right time here too. We get like a the old Nurk versus uh, yeah. the Joker uh, yeah. sort of. Uh, uh, it's not a rematch by any means, but you know what I mean. They were being yeah, they were on the same player, team, yeah. former teammates there. Um, yeah. yeah do you, are you leaning one way or another with this one? Well, the Nuggets uh, had home court advantage a few years ago and lost the Game 7 at home. Remember that game where McCollum was awesome uh, to beat the Nuggets. But that was a couple of years ago. Things are different. But the big, yeah, the Jamal Murray factor is huge. And, and, and the Blazers last night needed to beat the Nuggets in Portland to confirm their place, which they did. Got off to a hot start, hit everything. And then the Nuggets just said, all right, let's just uh, rest everybody. So um, it's tough. I, I mean, I, I'm probably leaning Nuggets, but I just find it very tough to pick against Lillard too in the first round because we know that's when uh, he, he really steps up. So everyone's healthy too for the Blazers uh, of their big players. You know, obviously McCollum missed a lot of time. Nurkic missed a lot of time. Lillard, you know, he looked like that hamstring was bothering him a couple of weeks ago, but he seems fine from now. Uh, so the, the Blazers certainly playing well, everyone healthy. You know, historically, they know they probably match up okay against the Nuggets, so that's good for them. But home court, MVP likely in Jokic there for the Nuggets and haven't missed Jamal Murray as much as perhaps we thought. So uh, I don't know. I still don't know. <laughs> Nuggets would be my favorite in the series, it's but I don't, know if I, I don't know if I would necessarily... Pick them, but man, if they go out in the first round with uh, the season they've had, that'd suck for them too. So. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see, man. Again, I, this got, is great. Got a couple, we've got a couple days. If you're just joining us here, we got a couple days to uh, think about some of these series, go over the X factors and all that, and we'll make our actual series predictions as uh, we get closer and closer to the real playoffs uh, starting on Saturday. Cool to see a bunch of people like popping in here to the stream team now that the playoffs are here the play-in tournament is here uh some big numbers here this morning so shout out to everybody in the stream team some of you like i saw somebody say oh the starters i remember these guys yeah, we're back <laughs> we just came back for the playoffs. yeah yeah just first show. uh thanks for joining us but uh it's nice to see some uh some old people i guess fighting the show again so uh welcome for this playoff ride here okay let's get to a little is this news Yeah, is this news? This is a segment from the starters days. Um, first one. Okay, I'm going to throw some headlines at you guys. You're going to tell me whether or not they're newsworthy. The first one is uh, ESPN. We'll go to them. Paul Pierce, Chris Bosh, Chris Weber, Ben Wallace. Headline, the 2021 class for the Basketball Hall of Fame. Those are the NBA players, a lot of other coaches, Lee, WNBA stars, uh, Tony Kukoc, uh in the international wing going in, but is this news, uh, especially of those four guys, NBA guys, Paul Pierce, Bosch, Weber, and Ben Wallace heading in to the Hall of Fame? What do you think? I think the biggest news is that Chris Weber finally got inducted. He's been eligible since 2013. He's been a finalist the last five years, and he finally broke through, and uh, I think he's deserving. I think uh, more than just his NBA career, he had a fantastic high school and college career. Uh, I think the reason he's been kept out because of... Uh, the, the, the money allegations and things like that that happened when he was there in Michigan. But uh, ultimately, Chris Webber was an incredible basketball player and uh, he's won Vladi Divac's uh, tip away, I think, from potentially having a championship as right. well. I mean, that, that 2002 Western Conference Finals is really what uh, sort of, you know, dera- well, didn't derail his career, but that was the moment, I think, that if, he, if they beat the Lakers, they would have gone up 3-1. I think they probably do beat them in that series. And then they probably beat the Nets in the finals, but we'll never know the answer to that. So happy for Chris Webber to finally get in. Uh, of those other guys, you know, Bosch, Paul Pierce, and Ben Wallace, very happy to see Ben Wallace go in too. Truly deserving player. Uh, not a surprise to see those. And uh, lastly, shout out to Lauren Jackson yeah. as well, who made it uh, Australian, uh, a great basketball player. She won everything 
for uh, Australia. Not an Olympic medal, but she did win a World Championship gold medal there. Uh, won a couple of championships with the Storm, MVP, defensive player. She did it all. So uh, great to see Lauren Jackson in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, was anybody surprised that maybe Bosch uh, and Pierce, maybe, though I feel like more people were convinced he was going in right away, were among those like, you know, first-year eligibility to get in? Trey, uh, you know, because we had debated Bosch and his Hall of Fame credentials. I think ultimately we all thought he would uh, was deserving and would maybe get in, but that he got in on the first go? Shocked at all if it took Weber that long, like Lee said? Or what do you think? Yeah, we had Chris Bosch's case pretty similar to Chris Weber's mm-hmm. case when we were talking about it not too long ago. So, yeah, the fact that Weber got in on the fifth try and Bosch got in on the first try, you can see the difference that a few titles makes when it comes oh, to yeah. your Hall of Fame case. Obviously, Paul Pierce. Uh, won a title with the Celtics. So that's basically an induction right there. That one isn't so surprising to me. But yeah, maybe the idea that Bosch got in on his very first time is surprising to see. But I don't know. We all watched through the Miami Heat Big Three era. It's not a surprise that Chris Bosch is a Hall of Famer. But I like seeing the diversity in the class here of players uh, of the Hall of Famers here because you got Chris Bosch, Chris Weber, Ben Wallace, and Tony Kukoc also getting inducted. These guys are all fours or fives in the NBA. Totally different games. Bosch and Weber, they're the all-around big guys. They looked like they could be Hall of Famers when they were getting drafted. They lived up to the billing, even if their careers didn't necessarily go the exact way you thought it would be. Ben Wallace, an undrafted guy to go to the Hall of Fame by playing defense, getting that big beef. And you got Tony Kukoc coming over, passing, handling the ball, shooting it early unicorn stuff. So yeah, there's a if you're 6 foot 10, there's a lot of different ways to go into the Hall of Fame. These four guys are showing off. Yeah, anything to note here, Tess? It's about damn time Chris Webber got in. <laughs> as simple as that. We've just been waiting for it forever. Uh, this guy is yeah, is a part of the, the history of the of basketball period. It is the Basketball Hall of Fame. I don't know how it works. I don't know how they announce the induction class for the next year <laughs> while they're doing it. I just I never will know how it works. Uh, but uh, I totally enjoyed it. Uh, whether whether it was coming now or supposed to come next year, I don't know. But uh, yeah, that that moment too with Chris Weber uh, getting doing his media and, and talking with Jalen Rose's former teammate, who obviously they've had some gripes before, was was damn right wholesome. Greg Sinnott uh, says it here on the on the stream team. See what Jalen Rose talking on TV? Yeah, that's the word wholesome. Uh, I got a shirt that says love on it right now. Mm. Let's spread the freaking love. That was uh, that was wonderful to see. I even I sent it to our buddy Grish, the biggest Pistons fan around, the biggest C-Web fan around, uh, uh, growing up in Michigan as well. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was just it, it was good to see that. It's good to see him get in. Uh, th- there's there's a uh, uh, you know, a lot of stories around all these dudes. As Trey was sort of going through, Ben Wallace, the defender, um, you know, Paul Pierce, uh, the, the the lifetime Celtic, it feels like. Who cares about those other teams at the end? <laughs> uh, like all those all those stories to me make this a very good class as well. Uh, there's some people in the stream team saying, oh, this follow-up class isn't as good as, as Garnett, <laughs> well, Duncan, and Kobe. Be as yeah, good. yeah, exactly. It's a freaking good class. Yeah. Uh, and... and just relax. These are really, really, really good basketball players. And I thought the, uh, 
the ceremony this weekend was great too. Rudy mm-hmm. Tomjanovich stepping up uh, to the podium and saying, "Robert Ori, it's time for him to get in here. He deserves to get in here." That was, uh, you know, it, it was a good, it was a good weekend as well. Although Tim Duncan just his hair looks good, but he doesn't want to be on the mic, man. He just wants to sit down. Yeah, he it talked was, for twelve minutes or so, though. I thought it was pretty good speech. I think thought all the no, speech. I thought KG was actually, you know, pretty good too. Like I, I almost was like KG. Whoa, this, we, you know, we've we've talked to him before back when we were working at NBA TV. That guy is, of course, passionate. Everybody knows that, but like he can start telling a story. He can go on forever. And uh, yeah, he kept it. He had a nice structure, I thought, to his speech. Uh, as he was like, I was like, damn, I was really, really impressed. Uh, and yeah, I love Tim Duncan's look, man. man I was thinking about it. If Tim Duncan looked like that while he was playing, mm. it would like, because people think, oh, boring, Mr. Fundamental, like, you know, no personality and all that. That would have helped in the weirdest way because it just makes him like more memorable looking. He's cool as f- looking now. And, uh, you know, he was just like clean cut guy while he was in, in, uh, in the league and went about his business and, and he became one of the greatest players of all time. But most people are like, ah. You know, this is the NBA. We need a little more personality with our stars. Need a different haircut. Yeah, I mean, I'm, so, I'm like only half joking, Trey. Like, yeah. you know, that 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 look he's got now—it's a more memorable look, and uh, I think it would have helped to only helped his uh, his uh, popularity, cool. I guess, yeah. with casual. Cool yeah, it came factor. up a lot on Twitter. Yeah. We saw the debate: who's better, Tim Duncan or Shaq? And one of the points for Shaq was always there was that time he shaved his head but kept the sideburns, and people are like, "Well, I mean, that puts him over Done. the top." Tim Duncan has nothing like that. I'm just glad Tim Duncan actually wore a suit because remember these MVP <laughs> turned up in like uh, sandals and shorts. And uh, <laughs> Although actually, you know what? Maybe it would have been better if he did the same yeah. thing for the Hall of Fame, just turned up like that. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's just got the cool gray, uh, like, you know, vibes going through the hair there as well. He's not trying to hide it at all. He's so, uh, so chill, man. That's what yeah. it is. awesome. Yeah. What do you think about these Robert Ory remarks, though, in all honesty? Lee, is he a Hall From- of Fame worthy guy? <sighs> Because he won a ton of titles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, he's seven and zero in finals. I mean, you know, the the definition of a role player. Like, he just went along and did his job and never complained. Understood exactly what was expected of him. Never really, obviously, a build around guy. Always a third or fourth guy. I mean, um, come on, I, I, you know, so, so no. The answer is no. Well, yeah, right? but the thing is, is no, you can mate. understand yeah. why Rudy feels that way yeah. because he played it, such yeah. a crucial sure, sure. role on those Rockets championships. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Rudy's what, what, not what, in the what, Hall of Fame if, if yeah, Robert what, Ory's not on his team. I mean, no one really knows what the criteria is. It's like, hey, does this guy get in because he scored a ton of points or does this guy get in because he won a ton of championships and was always in the right spot at the right time? Hit some huge shots. Yeah, yeah. Played, you know, I mean, Robert Ory didn't start many games, but he finished a ton because he was so valuable True. at both ends. So, you know, he, he he's a great debate, I guess. It's, it's whether or not you think it's more about the individual, um, you know, accolades of that player or whether or not his body of work and the success that he enjoyed when he was along, uh, you know, was really what was important. I mean, does any of those teams win the championship without Robert Horry? I mean, some, sure, all. (laughs) Probably not. No, I mean, not all. you know, we need, we need yeah, a yeah. we need a role player wing is what it comes. Sure, to. we need the wings. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah, if that if that's because he, there's a hall of fame and then there's probably other sections. We have an international <laughs> wing. We have we have the coaching wing. But uh, are like you can put Robert Ory and Derek Fisher and others in that wing. Steve but Kerr. Steve Kerr, sure. But I you know it's it's different. It's a it, it's a it can't be a wing. It needs to be it. a whole other building. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing at this point? Now we're just going to be putting everybody into this. What are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we did have uh, Bill Russell is going in again, yes. though. Uh, he's going in as a coach, and he's going to be the fifth Hall of Famer to be inducted as both a player and a coach. 
Uh, Lee, quick trivia question. Do you know the other four? Uh, I bet is you know, Red Owl back in there? Not as a player. Player. No. Lenny, <laughs> Wilkins. Lenny, yeah. Wilkins. Yeah, Lenny Wilkins. Lenny Wilkins. Yep. Don Nelson? No, no. But there's a, a guy that we lost in the last couple of years. When did we lose him? Um, Celtics legend. Tommy Hines? Yep. Yeah, good one. Then, then two other names you know, but I didn't know that John Wooden... Uh, is in for, uh, right. for playing, I guess. Uh, he's at least included on this list that I saw, this press release I saw. And then Bill Sharman is another name you probably have heard mm. of. But uh, those are the four guys. Lenny Wilkins, I think, is the one that comes to mind most immediate. But anyway, Bill Russell and Rick Adelman going in uh, as well. And then Jay Wright is going in as uh, a two-time college champion, right, Trey? Like, you know more about college ball than I do. But, like, I'm always surprised by, like, a guy like him going in. Like, I thought this guy was, like, first off, fairly young, and it feels like he just won his titles, what, a couple, like, in the late... In the past 10 years. In the last 10 years. It's like, wow. Well, he's, he's in already. Okay. I mean, I don't really care, but... Seems I guess quick. coaching careers start young, especially when you're a college coach. I don't know. I think it's actually kind of commonplace for to be a current Hall of Famer while still yeah. being a current yeah. coach. It happens, you know. Uh, he'll probably have a the floor at Villanova named after him, and he'll be coaching there while he's... Yeah coaching on his own floor as a Hall of Famer. Weird stuff, but uh, I guess it all comes down to those timing regulations. I guess, I guess so. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full-body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, our next headline here. Let's keep it going. From The Athletic. Ah, fantastic website. The Nets' Kyrie Irving joins the 50-40-90 club, ninth player in NBA history to reach this milestone. Trey, is this newsworthy? I think this is newsworthy. This is pretty sweet, especially when you consider Kevin Durant and Steve Nash are both in the 50-40-90 club as well. If the NBA ever brings back shooting stars, the Nets are going to be the favorites. <laughs> shooting isn't the best it's ever been. Players are encouraged to let it rip more than they've ever been. And still, this club 
has not been normalized yet. We've been talking uh, about stats that have become more and more commonplace as offenses get better and better, but look at all the cases we had this year that got close, but they were nopes. Tobias Harris, Chris Middleton, Zach Levine, Lillard, and McCollum. They all got very close to 50, 40, 90, but came up just a little bit of sh- a little bit short. So to actually make the club, it's definitely newsworthy. Kyrie did it averaging 27 points per game, just the fifth time or, or the fifth most points per game during a 50, 40, 90 season. That's right behind Steph Curry's unanimous MVP season, a second place MVP season from Kevin Durant, a second place MVP season from Larry Bird, and a third place MVP vote season from Larry Bird. Wow. So yeah, Skeets. Kyrie is having a completely underrated season. He's not close to the MVP ballot at all. He might not make All-NBA despite having an objectively amazing season and playing the most games of any of the stars that were on the Nets. Pretty weird stuff. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people in the stream team pointing this out, so I'll bring it up. Tony Snell also made some history this weekend. He's the first player to have a 50-50-100 season, Lily. Yes, that's right. Tony 100. Snell, minimum 100 attempts, 50.9% from the floor, 56.9% from three, and did not miss a free throw there. Uh, <laughs> again, low, low uh, shot numbers uh, when you compare them to the, the, the stars like, hmm. you know. Kyrie and Curry and Durant and stuff like that. But Tony Snell, very uh, <laughs> consistent at that. He needs more touches is what we're getting hey, at here. He'll keep himself in the league, though, if, uh, if you can shoot sure. threes and uh, <laughs> just do what you're asked to do. You know, that's that, that's a key to being in the league. He understands he's not a superstar player, but right. the three-pointer, you got the three-pointer, you'll stay around. Someone, I did actually, it's funny you say that, because I saw someone tweet, he hasn't missed a free throw since 2019. Oh, there, someone's just put it in the... Uh, in the stream team here as well, AJ Santiago. So he has not missed a free throw since March 2019. I have no idea how many he's taken, but even still, to not even miss still. one. I'm uh, guessing it's not a ton. No, but over <laughs> two years, and obviously, you know, we missed a lot of time there. But um, that's the way, Snelly. Uh, good job. I wonder if he ever ended up giving jo- uh, Joe Kim Noah his uh, fist bump or high five. Or whatever. Remember when uh, Noah got real upset? That, that was a great oh, yeah. Well, he I just looked it up. It's not all that impressive. Uh, last year, Snell in Detroit went 32 for 32 at the free throw line. Okay, that, that is not bad. This year, 11 for 11 at oh, the okay. old free throw line. Um, but did shoot over 100 uh, three-point attempts. Like, that number is pretty amazing, the 56.9 uh, three-point percentage. He shot 62 of 109. Um, remember when 109 was a lot? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, now it's not. But anyway, way to go, Tony Snell. Uh, way to go, Tony. Yeah, but you're right. I'm glad you brought that up, TK. You okay? Or you got a little choked up there with your... Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> to think Tony Snell went from a 0 0, zero line to 50-50. 100 it's just uh work hard play hard that's yep. what i say yeah um and we will see i had Kyrie on my uh, all nba second team when i went through my 10 all nba teams but trey's right I, it's a strong possibility task that he actually doesn't make even one of the three i i it's gonna be close i don't think he'll be on the second team like i had him and i think it will be the third team if he gets in but there's a million good guards and 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 uh, we know how the media some people in the media don't maybe love Kyrie as much as others uh he could be on the outside looking in, which I think is a travesty with the season he's had, personally. Yes, the, it's the guard spot is so, so tough. Yeah, squeeze him in uh, as a four. I don't know, like push somebody else to a forward spot. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> the fact that he has uh, been able to do this in year 10, just gotten better and better and better, just just shows how much he's, he's dedicated to his craft. Uh, the guys who can put up 50 
uh, 40 and 90 as a lead guy. It's so impressive. Like Larry Bird was the first, and then Reggie, and then Nash, Dirk, uh, Durant, Curry. That's those are, those are the guys as, as really lead guy. Malcolm Brogdon did it sort of with the Bucks there. Um, I'm, I just skipped over Mark Price, so I'll I'll just <laughs> name him you. as well. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll name him as well because that's the extent of the list. That's that's a freaking great accomplishment. Yeah, for Kyrie to, to do that, I think it helps him uh, for the first time, like really being off the ball. You know, he is sort of off the ball with, with playing with LeBron, but now Harden is the primary guy there. Uh, but yeah, he had to do it a lot with Harden out as well. So uh, yeah, this is just a kudos to him getting great. That he 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 bought in. He bought in when he joined, signed up with Durant to to share the ball, and he bought in even more when. When Harden joined up, so uh, yeah, man, it's, it is. It is. I am one of those guys that that uh, you know wondered about Kyrie's uh, effectiveness because of his efficiency, but it's only gotten better, and he's only gotten better as a player. Well, that's what I think is wild about that list you just went through. These are like the most elite shooters in NBA history. You're basically going through, and you don't think of Kyrie Irving as like truly an elite shooter, but he he sort of is now with his efficiency marks going like through the roof here. I mean, we think of him as like. A, you know the handles and driving and yeah the clutch play don't get me wrong but like you don't think of them like that so that that's what's special to me about it to be the in that club the 50 40 90 club when it's like not even his best trait some say tk it's like a whole <laughs> oh, thing isn't that weird oh. wow crazy oh, totally he's almost a 40 percent shooter for his career from three I and it's like he's one of the guys that you easily forget when you're going through the list of three-point shootout winners right yeah like, oh yeah Kyrie Irving won a three-point contest once upon a time. Guess he can shoot. Final headline, Warner Media dropping the press press release, excuse me, here this morning. Legendary Hall of Fame broadcaster Marv Elbert announces his retirement following TNT's coverage of the 2021 Eastern Conference Finals. This is it, Lili, for Marv Elbert. He's been calling professional NBA games or basketball games for nearly 60 years. 60 years. A lot of people consider him the greatest NBA play-by-play man of all time. Um, it, it's this isn't surprising. He's near, he's like eighty years old, mm. and you could go back and listen to the Basketball Jones podcast where it was just me and Tass uh, up there in Canada. And I remember Tass telling you well over a decade ago that I thought Marv was losing his fastball, <laughs> and it was like <laughs> at times getting a little more rough. Screwing up players' names, maybe missing the action here or there. This was a long time ago, and he continued to put in another like 15, 16 years since I made those comments. But it, it now, especially with this whole COVID thing, not in the arena, is calling it from home in this weird setup, and just getting up there in age. Most people are like, "Yeah, he's miss," you know, he's misidentifying players and stuff like that. And it was only a matter of time. But he's going out on his terms here, and and he's hanging it up at the uh, end of the postseason. But what an unbelievable, of course, career. And I probably agree that he is at least especially our generation growing up, like Marv Elbert was the voice of the most iconic playoff moments in, in NBA history. So anything to add to Marv moving on there? Well, yeah, it, it is. Uh, it was coming this day. Uh, and unfortunately, yeah, Marv is uh, really, he, he just gets, it's, he's a tough listen. He's a very tough listen these last, uh, this season especially, but the last couple of seasons. But, you know, for me personally, you know, growing up watching in the 80s and 90s, and Marv was old then because he was calling the Willis Reed game from the 70s. And it's like, here we are 30 years later and he's still calling games. And, uh, you know, just some iconic moments in the game. Of course, you know, a spectacular move, you know. And the uh, and the Jordan dunk on Patrick Ewing. Like, oh, what a move by Jordan. You know, like those things to me, like I just will forever uh, associate with Marv. And when I first really started falling in love with the game and... Um, 
you know, he's, he's done incredible. He, he, his passion to still be interested in basketball after commenting for this long is actually quite admirable. You know, that he didn't, he didn't just sort of at one point just say, you know what, I've called thousands of games. You know what, I'm just going to chill out now and relax. So uh, that's commendable. But um, sadly, yeah, it has been pretty awkward at times listening to him this year when he just completely misses a play or he doesn't, you know, he doesn't understand a call or a foul call or, uh, you know, completely uh, fluffs it. So, and it's been happening more and more. But uh, Marv is, is a legend of the game and, uh, you know, we'll miss his, his uh, him being around the game. But um, it's time to move on. Yeah, I, this was in the press release and I couldn't tell if it was a joke, TK. He said, this was Marv, now I'll have the opportunity to hone my gardening skills and work on my ballroom dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. I don't know. I'm like, wow, is Marv into ballroom dancing? Maybe he is. He's been waiting 60 years to get into yeah, it. Yeah, I guess uh, I don't know. I mean, you guys are right. The, the end was not kind to Marv Albert, but that'll all be a footnote uh, right, eventually, right. right? We'll look back and think, man, this guy made saying the word yes an iconic yeah. catchphrase. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Simply the word, yes! And everybody does it. It's like Michael Jordan making shrugging his thing. You can't shrug in the NBA without somebody saying, oh, that's a Michael Jordan shrug. We shrug every day, every single person. But it's not always a Michael Jordan shrug. In the NBA, it is. In the NBA, saying yes is a Marv Albert call. It's true. He uh, he started as the Knicks ball boy, too. Yeah. And then like sort of took over like radio uh, play-by-play action. Uh, spun it into that. And, and here he is uh, all these times later. So he's off after the uh, Eastern Conference Finals there with TNT. I think they have some, you know, plans in store here. Tasks like, you know, celebrating his uh, obviously uh, pretty long career here and his best moments and stuff like that. I'm sure we'll see some of these things uh, being released as we uh, move through the playoffs there with TNT. And I guess related, Chris Webber is also not going to be doing the... Uh, playoff calls for TNT as well. He is, uh, you know, he was paired there with Marv. They're, they're totally unrelated by, you know, according to the press release at all, but uh, at least, but uh, yeah, no, no C-Web either on the call. So I guess we're going to be, are we going to be getting some like just out of nowhere new blood here? Like, or is it just, hey, Reggie, Jim Jackson, uh, who am I forgetting? Gra- Grand Hill. Yeah. Yeah. No, Greg. And then, yeah. And then the uh, play-by-play guys in, in Harlan and Eagle and Brian Anderson, which are obviously great, great play-by-play guys. Or maybe we get a surprise Vince Carter, maybe well, coming over. ESPN. Ooh, a surprise ESPN. Vince. Oh, it's ESPN. Yeah. yeah that's a good yeah. point. That's a good point. Uh, calling the Hawks games. We'll see. Maybe okay. we get uh, Matty D and Jack in for a game. Cause you know, sometimes uh, they do that with the teams that are eliminated and, and uh, Matty D's called. Well, Devlin call, yeah. worked a lot of TNT yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe he just would like a break too. We'll see. <laughs> Mike Breen had a uh, a great speech this weekend as he was uh, given the Kurt Gowdy Award at the uh, the Hall of Fame. He he was great on the mic, and uh, yeah, he got in along with um, Will Bond. So yeah, those uh, le- 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 the legendary guys. Uh, you know, they'll always leave that that mark in your brain. Like Marvel, always be that legendary guy. I forget these last five years, as, as Trey said. You know, that's gone. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, he, he will yeah, forever be yes. And uh, I, I wonder if he can patent the, the word yes. I wonder if Jordan can <laughs> patent the shrug. Like, can, can Jordan just sue Apple whenever he sees a shrug emoji? <laughs> sue him. Maybe yeah, he gets a little royalty every time you use it. <laughs> it is wild to think, too. Like, we grew up with Marv just because of our age, but... 
there are kids or younger people at least growing up with basically Harlan as their Marv or Breen, I guess, to some extent Breen. too, with the iconic calls. Um, and uh, they're both great. So I'm sure we'll be uh, hearing them for still another 20, 30 years. Uh, these guys can go for a long time. All right. So those were uh, our Is This News headlines. Let us know if any of those or none of them were newsworthy. Time for Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Well, Tweet of the Night, uh, this is perfect. It's actually uh, a Mike Breen clip, and it's from at MSGN. And the uh, caption to the tweet before we play the clip was, Taco Fall shall henceforth be known as Taco Bell. Thank you for this, Mike Breen. Roll the clip, J.D. Well, keeps it alive, but right to Taco Bell. Here comes Parker. Did I just say Taco Bell? <laughs> oh my goodness. You must be hungry, bro. I need to get some, I need to get some sleep. <laughs> I, love, I love Clyde dropping the, you must be hungry, bro. You must be hungry, bro. <laughs> I knew right away, too, huh? Did I just yeah. say Taco yeah. Bell? Yeah, he could have ignored it, uh, but that's great that he addressed it. And I, I, I'm I'm glad it happened sort of at this end of, end of the season game where no nothing really mattered because maybe they would have played it differently if it was a big moment. You know, big game still mattered, but did I just say Taco Bell? <laughs> yeah, Saves yeah, it yeah, to Taco did. Bell. Yeah, um, Taco <laughs> Fall has to do something with Taco Bell, right, at some point. Like, he's such a character because of his size and stuff like that, like, they, why, they could just come out with a giant taco or something like that. Mm. Like, how's it? I mean, it's going to happen, it I would happen, think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe yeah, still they, do, uh, but... What, Taco Bell always does, like, uh, steal second base, you get a taco. You know, like in the World, World Series, Series or something like that. So they're into the sports marketing, yeah. no doubt about it. You got to get in. Um, obviously, Mike Breen should be involved yeah. <laughs> Some, <laughs> for, somehow, because I uh, heard that bro's hungry. Yeah. <laughs> All right, pick'em results from Friday night. It was the end of our little May pick'em battle. And these are brought to you by BetMGM. It was the Raptors-Mavericks game from Friday night. Dallas was favored by 13 and a half. Had to win by 14 points or more. We had Lee taking Dallas. Didn't turn out for you, mate. Raptors kept it close, so that's a win for Tass and Trey and myself. Trey, unbelievable little May here to end the season. Nine and one, so kudos to you. That's an incredible record. I went six and four, but more importantly, it's all who's in last. And you guys tied. We got a play-in tournament. Uh, <laughs> just uh, but and Tr- uh, Tass and Lee both finishing four and six in May, and we said uh, the payoff for this was going to be pretty simple. It was going to be donating... Uh, t- uh, some money to a charity of, of your choice. So I guess both of you are just ponying up some money. I know you got that cameo money that's burning a hole in your pocket there, Lily. You're going to give to a good cause. And Tass, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll be doing the same here as you guys will be picking a, ch- mm-hmm. a charity to, uh, to give the money to them. So it was great. You guys Absolutely. tied. This was perfect. Definitely. How much are you donating, Lee? I'll, I'll match. Well, I'm going 500 of my cameo funds. So, uh, okay. you know. Yeah. I'll do I'll do 500 of my non. Yeah, I mean I don't want to. You better start saying thank you to some people, Tassie. I don't want it to somehow seem like a hollow donation here. But when I did the cameo, I said from the start, all this money I raised from cameo, not a single penny comes to me. I'm donating it all to charity. Nice. I cracked a thousand dollars a couple of weeks ago. So well, I sort of said to myself, when I hit a thousand, that's when I'm going to donate. 
Uh, and I was looking for some good causes, and I think uh, the double API is a great one. So that will be getting five hundred dollars from me, and then uh, a few other causes that are important to me will also be getting a contribution. Oh, okay. Yes. I was gonna say, I thought you were like just sort of like trying to sneak it past us that you're like, I hit a thousand dollars on Cameo, it's all going to charity, but five hundred is going to this. Like, hold on, hold on. Five hundred is going to Verisano's uh, pizza charity fund. Uh, yeah, no, okay. uh, yeah, I'm still. Uh, any any suggestions as well? I mean, uh, I've got some, of course, that I would like to d- uh, donate to, but uh, I was also open to suggestions from people. Okay, great. Let let Lino, Lino and uh, and maybe Tass as well. Though <laughs> Tass, no, you don't I, have cameo, do you? Yeah, we got to get you on cameo, man. No, yeah, no thank yous from me. Um, <laughs> I'll do it right now. Thank you, everybody. Hey, hey happy birthday, everybody. What else do you do? Uh, happy anniversary. Everybody. Uh, just do one cameo. I love this concept. Just one. This is the birthday one. This is the anniversary one. This is an NFT. <laughs> yep. All right. Cool. That's it for us here on a Monday. Shout out to everybody that joined us. Doing some big numbers here in the stream team, at least. So thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. I'll uh, just... Uh, let you know the schedule once again here. Tomorrow, we're back. We're here all week, but some of them will be late night shows. Tomorrow, though, still 10 a.m. Eastern, we're going to uh, preview, like really lean in to breaking down these play and tournament games for the Eastern Conference on Wednesday. You know, we'll talk about those games from the night before. We'll do the same with the Western play and games. And then Thursday and Friday night are going to be late night shows where we're going to be reacting right after the games to those final play in games and then go through our actual playoff. Um, you know, preview and predictions and stuff like that because the playoffs start on Saturday. So we'll do one conference there on the Thursday night, late night, and then we'll do one conference there on the Friday night because playoffs, like I said, start on the weekend. So that's the schedule. Also have a Beach Step in a podcast probably dropping on Wednesday. You can join us live for that in the afternoon. Get your questions in, nodunksattheathletic.com. Like, comment, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Email us those questions and comments. Like I said, you can tweet them in too, at No Dunks Inc. Grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com and subscribe to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. They got a great deal going on right now. Use that link so they know that we sent you. Great show, I guys. I just wrote about Formula One for The Athletic what? over what? the weekend. Oh, yeah. Going to be launching on the Culture Vertical sometime nice. this week. Wow. Uh, they got a whole bunch of people together. Basically, uh, people who really like to drive to survive and have continued watching F1. Why did you continue watching it? So that drops sometime this week. Oh, excellent. Cool. Okay, well, go get yourself a subscription. Theathletic.com slash no dunk. So you can support not only The Athletic, you can support Trey Kirby himself. Uh, leaning into the F1 coverage. I love it. Okay, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, final comment doesn't come from me. It comes from Greg M. and the stream team. Lee, if someone says they'll make a $1,000 donation, but you need to shave your hair, would you do it? How can they do that to me? I've spent like 16 months growing this baby. Everyone says you've got to keep it now, bro. I mean, just make the donation anyway, Greg. Yeah, come on. Come on. Come on. I can't <laughs> shave it now. I'm, I'm too far down. It's like... Okay, okay, not 1K. If we went to, like, 10K? 10K, you... I'll do it for 10K, yes. Oh, we might have to do another happy hour charity drive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Got the wheel spinning here, uh, Greg. Good stuff. Guys, we'll see you tomorrow. Embrace the day, people.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.